Hello, today I'm back at it, just mystifying things around edge computing. Now, the evolution of edge computing has come a long way in some respects, while still retaining a hold on things developed decades ago. However, the growth of AI, the focus on the metaverse, and smartphones becoming smarter has caused many to feel out of the loop or scratch their heads with what really matters. Well, to dive into these foggy areas, I'm joined by Leonard Lee. He's the founder of NextCurve and a fellow analyst for the Acceleration Economy. We'll explore the intersection of the metaverse and edge computing, closed loop systems, and what's on the horizon for the edge in 2022. So are you still wondering what to make of all this? Well, stay tuned to see what you can learn. Well, hey, Leonard, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. It's always a pleasure to be chatting with you. And uh, obviously, digging into edge space again, as I like to call it when I'm talking with you, is kind of <laughs> peering over the edge. Yeah, peering over the edge. <laughs> yeah, and stop yeah, here. Pushing but, the uh, edge. Yeah, yeah, pushing the edge. <laughs> well, along with your cutting edge, uh, edge. The pod yeah, yeah podcast that you do sometimes. So, but uh, hey, before we dive into this stuff, just give a brief introduction for all the listeners out there. Yeah, sure. Uh, so first off, Happy New Year and welcome to 2022. And exactly. uh, I hope you're uh, you're off to a great start this year. It looks like you guys are at uh, Acceleration um, Economy. And yep. wow. Um, yeah. So in terms of my background, so I'm Leonard Lee, Managing Director and Founder of NextCurve. And we're a, a research advisory firm that's based here in San Diego. And we work with some of the leading leading tech companies and helping them figure out, um, well, where are we going with all yeah. this digital tech stuff, right? Yeah. So I know that's a very informal description <laughs> of what we do, you know, <laughs> but I mean, quite liter literally, we're, we're living on the edge. And, and one of the big topics that we're talking about next curve is, um, quite honestly, the quote unquote edge. And so uh, I, you know, I, I am contributing a, a series of articles as part of the cutting edge column that I have on acceleration um, economy, and it's focused on the edge. And, all, and so for the folks who haven't uh, taken a look at the material and some of the insights and uh, information that I've shared, uh, please check it out. And uh, yeah. it'll, it'll be a great primer for what I think is going to be a really big thing this year. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make sure we include all the uh, links in the show notes. You know, okay, the cool stuff you've been pumping Coolio. out. I mean, uh, yeah. And <laughs> speaking of which, I mean, you had a great piece here recently around obviously these hybrid clouds, IoT, yeah, ed edge cloud, rise of this. But uh, right, maybe you could take a step back here because there's there's a lot of times, and I've you've broke it down and and other areas too of kind of what yeah. is this thing really, and yeah. so it's like these edge cloud versus cloud computing versus yeah. bog computing uh, that's right. out there. There's kind of a lot of these terms floating around. And I think that floating around the edge here. So sure, what, sure. could you briefly kind of describe, you know, what's these, what are these three things? And then what does that mean to, to the business community? Yeah. Um, so, wow, that's a big qu uh, question. I mean, my, my simple answer to that question is read my articles. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Detail there. Yeah. Right. Um, but 
you know, so as we think about, um, you know, cloud computing, I, I, I really mean it more in the traditional sense of where cloud computing started off. And uh, the way that I reference it in the series that you know I've put together for uh, Acceleration Economy is to think of it in terms of how we've been thinking of compute due to cloud computing, which is all data, all applications, all workloads are somehow going to move completely to the cloud, right? And so um, the way that we're presenting or that I'm presenting edge computing is a counterpoint. It's actually a resultant counterpoint to what's happening with endpoint computing. So if you've noticed, your smartphones are getting really smart, right? And one of the things that smartphones are doing are they're informing other types of devices. And so as we look at IoT, the technologies that the smartphone is bringing to the table and making, you know, and these incredible capabilities like AI, edge AI, that it's making, uh, just really pushing the, uh, the leading edge on, it's creating new classes of IoT devices, new types of ways that we can look at applying um, IoT frameworks and solutions to new scenarios, right? And so, you know, it, it's amazing. You, you see this um, stuff that's happening on endpoints continuing to stretch the boundaries of where things are connected and where compute can actually go. And then you have the cloud, right? It's sort of a singularity that's supposedly sucking everything together, but, uh, you know, from the edge, but that's not what's really going to be happening um, we're going to see this pendulum sh shift uh, in, in reality right and part of that shift is going to prompt us at some point to start talking about edge computing and again you know going back to what edge computing is it, it, it's distributed computing you know, and so that's why one of the things that I've done and, you know, a lot of the discourse around the materials that I've presented uh, in our, the column, right, the cutting edge column, a lot of people are recognizing, yeah, you're right, edge compute, endpoint computing is not edge computing. If this stuff is just done on device, it's done on device. Right. And we have to think about it differently than edge computing. And, um, you know, and so... When we think about the net new, um, a lot of the net new is really going to be about how we think about computing going forward. And, and this cloud-dominated thinking is going to be challenged. And that middle ground that we're going to arrive at is this thing we call edge computing. Now, really quickly about fog computing. Um, fog computing, you're going to hear it. My recommendation, and all due respect to the folks at Cisco, um, you know, you can kind of disregard it a little bit and for practical purposes it's it ends up being a, it's a great sort of angle at edge computing but if you look more holistically at what edge computing is it, it, it's a particular lens that comes from more from a it networking perspective than now what edge is where you're looking at the ot and the ct coming into the picture and shaping something a, a lot more holistic and sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. talk so much. No, I, you're fine. Maybe, well, maybe this is just the way I kick off 2020, <laughs> too, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, a couple things there. Yeah. Well, first, uh, I mean, the fog, fog computing, to my mind, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Do we need another term out here for something? 
the, there you to go. Make I mean, what do you think? Do we, yeah, there you go. It's I foggy. Mean, yeah, I mean, I think about it in just the, the practical sense. You're out driving yeah. and it's foggy outside. You can't see much of yeah. what's ahead of you. There you go. <laughs> do we really need this foggy term to make it like less sense of what's ahead of us? You know, I don't know. But yeah, uh, and, and, and you know what? Think about it. The edge is clear. It's a clear yes. edge, you know? It's, I know it. Yeah. Well, I and like then it. on the other point you talked about as far as how our smartphones are becoming more and more smarter, quote unquote, but uh, it's yeah. it's that they're a lot of these smartphones are aware of the nearness of other devices as well. Um, you yep. know, so it wasn't back, you know, when the smartphones, well, cell phones, I should say, first came out, they weren't very smart. Uh, just right. call and text. That's basically all you could do. But yeah. now the awareness of other devices around it, it creates a, a sort of you know, ecosystem. And what's, what's funny is a lot of people have just slowly adopted this into their natural lives now as, a, as an yeah. extension of themselves of, Oh, I can share this with so-and-so or use this app to do X, you know, um, right. Or talk to like, I've got a smart fridge so I can talk to my fridge with my phone yeah. if I want it. But Hey, you know, that's the world we live in, but it's it's evolved to a place where it's part of our natural lives now is where I'm right, getting. Right. It's, yeah, it's and it's going to be interesting where that goes in the future with, of course, with uh, the metaverse coming into here, which is oh, you know, another no. term <laughs> that's going on. I've already yeah. seen some retail companies jumping into this with their <laughs> virtual retail stores yeah. uh, for that. Yeah. So it'll be crazy to see where our devices take us inside of a virtual world or an augmented world, I should say, Yeah. Uh, yeah. from a shopping experience or even in yeah. a in a business sense, you know, from a, I can even see it in a uh, manufacturing sense of, of seeing what's in your warehouse sort of augmented a bit. Sure. Uh, so a lot of use cases, I think it's still debatable of where we really land on something practical that's going to be returning really a a time to value that people are expecting, not just that's a shiny toy over here. <laughs> that's with this cool new term around it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I've written about is, um, well, you know, metaverse has been around for a long time. I mean, anyone who's tinkered around with second life or, uh, if you were yeah. a gamer back in the nineties or, mm -hmm. or the, Oh, I don't want to date myself here. But, uh, in the early 2000s, I mean, Sony had a thing called the uh, PlayStation Home, and it was it was a metaverse. There was gaming. There was all these things that everyone's talking about. It's already been there. And, you know, this attribution of crypto as being a, a underpinning uh, layer for this thing. Well, okay. But the bottom line is what, what's more important is the topic of monetization. And we've been doing that as well. Um, Second Life, they have there are people that sell stuff there, you know. So none of these are like really novel ideas. What the question really is for everyone is what is the catalytic thing that's changing um, things? What's getting everyone excited? And you know, I think you can b build some hypotheses around what those uh, catalytic factors might be. But you know, I think there's a danger in uh, over. Ex uh, subscribing to over exaggerations about this stuff because you know I, I actually have people who oh yeah you know the next big thing is the metaverse and it's like okay how much do you know about the metaverse <laughs> and then you find out they're they're not aware of a lot of things mm -hmm. about the metaverse they've just subscribed to they've read an article 
it's usually pretty hyperbolized in terms of the content perspective. <laughs> but you know that the important thing is what what is um, what is um, net new? What is right. different? Why are people getting excited? But there's no doubt that this is going to be a progression in terms of capability and maturity. What's important to understand is we're already on this maturity curve, right? Mm -hmm. I think, and I'm going to say this because I think it's really important. What we need to be more concerned about is privacy and mm -hmm. uh, forget about security is important. That's fundamental, but privacy and trust as it comes to uh, metaverse is probably more important than all this other crazy stuff that people are claiming that metaverse can do, which are typically things that are we, we can already do if we wanted to, right? right. Um, and now where I think the, the value is gonna be generated and delivered in, in a quote unquote safe way is when we address the trust and the, the, the privacy aspects of what's happening here. Because you wanna, I think one of the things you're curious about is well, how does edge play into metaverse? My opinion, and I'd like to hear what your thoughts are, is that it, it's, it's going to be an essential, um, it's going to be a inevitable uh, extension of current infrastructures to support cyber physical interfaces. Okay. Did that sound really complicated and nerdy? Sometimes well, I do that. I just want to make sure I'm not line, leaving. which I think actually <laughs> could make sense, you know, yeah, boil yeah. it down. But where oh. I was going to go was that I, I talked about the awareness of our devices with other devices i think that's yeah. where the newness comes in is uh, from the earlier days of, of a metaverse is that yeah. that it's going to expand that experience within a metaverse because now you can be walking down the street and it's aware of another iot device or another yeah. something or other to enrich your metaverse experience with whatever they come yeah. up with but you that know, goes to your point of privacy how much do you want to share with that other device which you don't know what it is or what's behind it yeah is the thing exactly or who's behind it yeah so. and who's administering and governing those frameworks and no mm -hmm. but you know what you're touching on something really super important so i mean if you think about what metaverses are they're 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 technically um, just the virtual worlds but there mm -hmm. is this variety that i've talked about uh, in separate next curve conversations especially with debbie, debbie reynolds who's a fantastic um expert in this area um this um yeah uh is this other variety of um metaverse that's forming that has a lot to do with iot and um you know the instrumenting of things and then you know there's some mention about digital twinning but it's like literal um cyber physical modeling okay uh, um that that variety and that interface is what really uh, is going to be very interesting. Um, that wasn't necessarily, like you said, that wasn't necessarily there before in a mature form. Um, and so uh, you're hitting on a great point. This is a great question. And yeah. we're going to be, I think, you know, we're going to be talking about this for quite uh, quite some time. Well, I think it's worth exploring this year is because, uh, I yeah. mean, it, it's a new threat surface or an attack surface from a security yeah. standpoint it's also does bring to the root of it the, the data privacy concerns uh especially given that uh obviously with the rise of gdpr and other um government entities uh, creating yeah. their own uh data privacy regulations um 
and I've mentioned this before in other contexts, is the the rise of AI governance and policies along the lines of a GDPR. So yeah. a lot of these are going to be playing into this notion of it's these extensions of the metaverse that create the experience along with edge devices and the, the compute and the technology behind it. But again, it boils down to how much trust do you have in your interactions yeah. and are there bad actors behind a lot of these things? So it's, it's a great thing we can dig into, I think, throughout this yeah. year. And yeah. so speaking of AI, I'd love to touch on something uh, here is uh, we've heard of uh, probably a lot of listeners have heard of closed loop systems where you're trying to, yep. you know, just cut access off you know, and have it all internal uh, to do some sort of you know, thing or keep it tightly secure. But this is a different sense. I, I saw um, something recently is around an AI directed closed loop system yeah. uh, for edge deployments, but really in a manufacturing um, yeah. environment. What was neat was that the, the goal was to try to um, really hone the, the large data set payloads that are traversing through in and out of that system to either other edge devices or to cloud systems to where yeah. they're really tightly managing is it necessary to transfer certain types of data right. Uh, right. and only transferring data that's needed to certain things versus yeah. just overloading systems and then you have to sift and decipher and do unnecessary compute on top of that to then take yeah. action or respond back to some system. Uh, so I thought that was a neat, I, I was just wanted to get your um, take on some of this, uh, this factor here, this closed loop concept now with edge and AI kind of, kind of coming into the mix here. Yeah, I, I mean, um, so I, I've written about this uh, with some colleagues of mine, Akshay Sharma and Dean Freeman. We did some research for Intel on this topic and we dubbed this thing, this, um, topic the 5g autonomous edge and the question that we address is if you took 5g ai and emerging edge computing or cloud computing and you squished them together what would you get and i mean quite on I mean, quite simply the the answer is um autonomous systems right these closed loop autonomous systems and um and here's the thing the bottom line is this we've had intelligent control systems for a long time Right. It's it just seems new because the topic of AI is new to a lot of folks. Right. And so we can get really excited about this stuff. Um, but just just like uh, Metaverse has been around for a long uh, longer than most people think. So have autonomous systems. Now, they tend to be a little bit more tactical and focused than what we might imagine, right? Like these automatons that can do general, that are based on general purpose or a general AI. That's not the case. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's where we're slowly moving toward. But one of the things that I think is really exciting uh, and the the role of edge computing is that you can do exactly what you you've just outlined is that you can localize a lot of these um, AI um, these elements of an uh, an autonomous system locally without sending a lot of this data all the way to the cloud. But what's more important is that um, from an execution standpoint, 
you can bring the decision making much closer to where things are actually happening. And by doing that, you take advantage of the low latencies that wired as well as um, wireless communications can provide you when you are in like, you know, proximity, very close proximity. And we talk about that in the in the cutting edge material, right? We talk about latency. In fact, I'll give folks a, a little bit of a teaser, but the next article is about latency that, so you should tune in. Um, yeah. And, and, and this offload thing that you're talking about, you can offload much um, more locally. And um, there's this other idea of federated um, learning, right? So you have inference, you have learning. So that's model training and being able to do that in a close in a tight loop. That's where you really get that ability to uh, realize autonomous systems, right? Because autonomous systems are constantly learning. Inference is applying learning. Learning is actually looking at, well, okay, this is what I assumed. And these are the outcomes that are happening uh, based on my understanding. But, oh, wait a minute, here are the outliers. Let me feed that back into the model and learn right but to be able to do that across the edge and and again you know taking away from this this idea that everything has to be sent to some central location or regional Mm -hmm. availability zone starts to diminish quite a bit right or at least that those are the factors that are going to shape like what i was talking about earlier this move of the pendulum toward the middle ground which is the edge and there's a lot of really cool stuff that's going to happen there. Well, yeah. Don't know what happened with the video. Sorry. Right? <laughs> hey. I'm really Sorry. talkative today. Yeah. <laughs> the video went haywire. But uh, right. no, I think that um, this is important because it will help people to focus strongly on the needed data. Because we're already drowning in data from all yes. over the place yes. and then trying to make sense of that data. And then after trying to make sense of it, what decisions can we make uh, as humans oh, yeah. or in AI autonomous systems here, what decisions does the, the learning model need to make? And if it has to sift through mounds of unnecessary data to get to the root, well, then, you know, you've wasted a lot of uh, processing power. Well, a lot of cloud uh, technologies are based on you pay for consumption so if you can reduce, uh oh, uh oh, <laughs> don't know what the deal is there. You need five G. <laughs> there we go. Uh, reduce the unnecessary burden on the uh, the movement of data, then you you can reduce a lot of cost effectively if you're trying to yeah. push through a cloud compute cycle. So there you go. Well, my goodness, I don't know what's going on with my connection. I don't know. Maybe we're getting that. a hint from the, <laughs> from the network. Yeah. It's like, hey, guys. Yeah, I'll have to look at my connection <laughs> here. Four minutes hey. over. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, cap things yeah. off. You know, great, okay. great segue here. Any couple of things you want to leave listeners with, um, you know, for takeaways. We talk, we've talked a lot, a lot about and covered a lot across Acceleration Economy about some things we're looking ahead in 2022, kind of yeah. either predictions or expectations, but uh, what are you seeing in the edge computing space here? Well, there's, so there's definitely growing interest in edge cloud and um, ed, you know the cloud technologies that are moving toward the edge and we see this happening. 
uh, you just talk to any of the hyperscalers, the, the big cloud service providers, they're making big moves toward the edge, right? Or into this middle ground that we're talking about. Uh, that's going to be really important in scaling out uh, edge in general. Um, and I think this year there's going to be a lot of thought into how do we make this stuff happen. And so one of the things I try to caveat is, look, we're in the early days of edge cloud, but that's that's really the big net new, right? Um, it, there's a lot of old stuff in edge computing, this you know, and um, I don't know if there's that much to be excited about that stuff. I mean, there's probably going to be more demand for it, but the stuff that's really exciting and transformative is is the edge cloud. And so trying to make that happen, um, framing it, and then uh, starting to uh, help uh, consumers and enterprise get value out of it, I think that's going to be the big task starting um, this year. Well, you know, it started before, but it, it's going to be a hot topic this year and going out into the future. Well, that's that's what I've always tried to push is the the practical real world application of something. Dust off, get through the shiny uncertainties of it and say, yeah. what can we get and do with this? Uh, and maybe reimagine some stuff, you know, uh, like yes. I said, there's a lot of old things out there, but how can we reimagine it now with, say, newer, some newer capabilities that are available or that's, faster capabilities? So that, that that's an excellent point. And uh, and exactly is all I can say. <laughs> well, Leonard, exactly. Hey. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be chatting with you uh, yeah, video, video quirks aside here uh, but uh, thank you so much for being on the show today it's been a pleasure absolutely my pleasure